podcast. This podcast is all about providing clarity, insight, and encouragement for your life and as you pursue your mission. I am Aaron Sandemeyer, and I'm going to be your host. Each episode, I'll be having transparent conversations with people who care about you and desire for you to be healthy, resilient, and confident in your life and as you pursue your mission. I know that one of the biggest roadblocks to health, resilience, and confidence is lack of clarity. I believe that the transparent conversations we will be having and the life stories we will be hearing will be invaluable for both you and I. Today we have the phenomenal opportunity to sit down with a longtime friend of mine, um, Jeff Tasker. Jeff and I grew up um, together in Cumberland, Maryland, um, and went to the same church. And uh, when my uh, sister Beth, when she turned 16, we my family had a 1972 Chevy Impala, red candy apple red and white uh, vinyl top, and that was best car that she got to drive. And my parents said, "Hey, Beth, you can go um, pretty much anywhere and do anything you want as long as um, Aaron's in the back seat." the car. And so anyway, I got to, at 12 years old, I got to hang out with the older crowd and the older group. And Jeff was part of that. And uh, man, we got to do some fun things and um, just got to, as a 12 year old, I just thought I was living the life. And so that's when I got to know Jeff uh, more. Our families have been friends for a long time. Jeff went off to college, then went off to some more studies, then traveled the world. Um, He was very well known um, in his profession as a makeup artist. And you can Google that and Google his name see very well known and traveled and saw the world in that area and so what we're going to talk about today is on people care and so Jeff um, will begin to share about we all have different I think it's hurts habits and hang-ups that he talks about and each of us have different areas that we've been hurt different hang-ups and different habits that we have and Jeff's going to talk about some specific areas in his life and um, talk about um, some some difficult times as a, as a young child uh, and then walking through that and he'll talk about some some areas of identity and as he struggled with identity um, he will talk about some some of his habits and hang ups and a very transparent conversation and Jeff um, provides valuable insight and wisdom. Jeff is is courageous and um, Jeff uh, allows his story to speak and share to the hearts of others. We, I ask him some transparent conversations questions like, hey, Jeff, what? how would you w- wish or desired for, for your friends to respond to you when you were going through those those times of identity and, and wondering about your identity? What would have been the response? You know, we, we read in the, a book like um, Gay Girl, Good God, where the author says, you know, people would in the church would just say, hey, I love you, but I love you, but, and, and then try to say, if you just get married, that'd solve your problems. If you just do this, that would solve your problems. And Jeff talks about the desire um, to be loved and for people to love him and then allow that work of Christ to take place in his heart and in his, in his life. And I think that's the truth for all of us. We can't solve, Aaron Sandemeyer can't solve anybody's problems. Um, the reality of it is it's that Jesus Christ comes in and heals and he's the, we can care. Uh, I believe the same as in, in the medical world, we care for people, but it's God who does the healing. And um, Jeff will talk about that and how he's, God has brought a healing process in, in Jeff's life. And now Jeff Lee's Celebrate Recovery um, in our hometown and how he is walking through that process and how God has used his experiences and the wisdom he's gained, gathered in that process and how God is walking with him as he ministers and cares for others in that process. Jeff works at Covenant Counseling Ministries. He's a, 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 He guides that area. He's the head of the, the clinical counseling part and um, a phenomenal um, man and someone I appreciate and appreciate his courage. The other thing is, as we look into this, is a this is a broad ranging interview, and so we we as we look into this interview, we'll see that um, our culture, and as Jeff talks about identity, a lot of times our culture would say our sexual identity is where is is top, and everything else would fall underneath that. And I think as Jeff unpacks the conversation with us, what we realize is it's our identity in Christ that it's number one, and then everything else is below that. And so our culture is in the process of saying is is sexual identity is number one, and then everything should support that and follow into that. And we'll see, um, as Jeff shares and talks, that it's re- reality we find our identity in Christ and how as Christians we can re- respond in love and not react out of, um, I'm better than you or, or because, and sometimes I think the church has done that. We've done a lot of reacting and not a lot of responding in a Christ-like manner um, as Jesus would, and uh, that's who we're called to be. And so we do we do thank, um, we do thank Jeff, we do thank him taking 
taking his time away from his his ministry and um, to sp- sit down with us today and to learn more about what he is doing and what God is doing in his life. Um, and so it's a it's a great, great, great time to sit down with him. Covenant Counseling Ministries is located in Cumberland, Maryland, and Jeff, where I said that Jeff is the clinical director and therapist there. And Covenant Counseling Ministries is blending professional psychotherapy and biblical Christianity to restore broken relationships, overcome addictions, heal wounds of the past, and enhance the Christian lifestyle. Their goal is is to be to help you walk in those processes and be alongside of you, as Jeff shared, and sometimes in your hurts, your hangups, and your habits. We do thank them for what they are doing. So look them up at covenantcounselingministries.org. I do also want to thank our sponsors. We want to thank agwmafrica.org, agwmafrica.org, for an increasingly redeemed and transformed Africa, 50 countries, 257 training centers, 404 missionaries, and 79,106 indigenous churches. Discover what you can do and how you can be engaged at agwmafrica.org. And by Appalachian Spring Dermatology, bringing new life to your skin. Learn more about the medical, cosmetic, and cancer screenings and treatments at Appalachian Spring Dermatology and by and sign up for Dr. Rosenberger's blog at wvderm.com and by Central Assembly of God and Pastor Doug Seaman in Cumberland, Maryland, caring for each person, connecting each story, and celebrating each miracle. And by Dr. Sean Rickard, Advanced Care Friendly Service at Cumberland Optical. And by Wes and Peggy Reed, Collaborators in Christ. And so this is a, a great interview. This, I will put um, my email in the show notes. And um, because there, this this episode does have potential um, to create, um, maybe bring up some some past hurts, some past hangups and past habits. And then I would, if you don't feel free or desire to reach out to me, if though this this podcast and this interview with Jeff does um, bring up some questions, please feel free to reach out to your leader. If you don't feel comfortable with your leader, uh, member care or member care would be glad to sit down and talk with you and to uh, begin to walk on this path of healing. Is is Jeff Jeff shares as as he has done. So um, there's no time better than now to get started. So here we go. <music> Well, it's so exciting to be here today with uh, Jeff Tasker. Jeff Tasker and I are, are, um, have known each other for a very, very long time, and um, it's exciting to be with him today and to learn and grow and gain insight and wisdom from Jeff. Jeff, you and I have known each other for a very long time, but most of the listeners um, do not know you. Could you just share a little bit about yourself, where you're at now, and, and what you're involved in? Sure. Um, so. I've been back into um, my hometown now for about four or five years and um, coming through a life struggle of many, many addictions and, and um, challenges that started off when I was in, you know, young childhood and, you know, very much kept it a good secret to me and myself. And I've now come full circle back to, um, a healing and a, and a victory back into where I actually grew up. And I am now using that for, for good and, and counseling those who are, you know, having what, what I like to call our hurts, our habits, our hangups, which is a, a quote from celebrate recovery, which we'll talk about, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, when I grew up, um, it was a, it was a very abusive home um, we were raised in the church, which was a very interesting aspect in my entire life because I always had that in the back of my head. Um, but we kept, um, we kept a lot of things as a secret and, um, there was a lot of physical and sexual abuse that were going on that again, like I said, like, you know, we kept very, very hidden and the, the sexual abuse part was, um, was sadly something that I just kept to myself and I just you know, let it go. Um, of course, when I got out of high school, I shot straight off to college and I went to a Christian college and um, discovered what it was like to be out of a small town away from my family members and um, tried to find identity there, but really struggled because I was struggling with my own self, um, my own insecurities. And 
labeling myself what I had been labeled many, 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 many days over and over. Um, and just those, those negative names that we all tend to <laughs> grasp onto, just as humans, we got grasped onto the negative, but I did the same and um, held on to those and just struggled for years um, with who I was, what I was going to be. And then I started to let the Lord out of the picture and just, you know, go away and see, okay, if, if I can do something about this, let me take it into my hands. And it, you know, needless to say, <laughs> that became a travesty. Um, and there were a few occasions that I, were, I would put myself into very harmful situations and um, became violent with other people and um, vice versa, um, sexually and physically. And it was a time of life that I, I, I like to say this is that I didn't know what I didn't know, but I wanted to know it right away. Hmm. And it was, I wanted, I wanted people in my life that knew who I was without me even opening in a word. Now in counseling, as a counselor now, I think you and I both know that's not a possibility. Right. Um, yeah. You know, I encourage you, you need, you have to say what you need, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, I didn't want to say that. I, I wanted everybody to fulfill my needs without being mentioned. And pretty much that's what I did. I just became numb and silent and just did what others expected me to do. And I felt fulfilled that way. Very unhealthy, obviously, but I felt very um, fulfilled. Um, and so I went on from there and went in, got my graduate degree, and um, moved around from city and state all over the country, was able to travel the world and do some real good work um, in, my, um, in my artist, uh, as I was a makeup artist. Um, but then it just all came crashing down. And um, it just was a horrible, horrible, horrible ending to what I thought life was supposed to turn out like. Mm. And I thought life was going to be a certain way. And if I made a certain amount of money and if I made this many friends and if I had this in place, then me mentally and physically and emotionally, I, I would just be perfectly happy. Well, I heard a sermon not all that long ago said it was to the degree of what if life didn't work out the way you planned it to be. Mm. And, um, and that's exactly what didn't happen. It didn't work out the way I thought. Yeah. And um, so I gave my life over back over to Christ's care and control. And I literally laid myself on the floor at the cross and just said, okay, God, I can't do this. If you, if you, if you have a better way for me, then this is my last chance. I'm giving yeah. it to you. And, um, and I, I did, I found a pastor. I found a wonderful church. Um, I found a ministry called celebrate recovery. And, um, with my celebrate recovery, I call my forever family, um, with my forever family, with my sponsors, with, um, accountability partners, a counselor, a man in Christ. Um, I really got to see who Jeff was. And I remember one particular instance that brought so much healing. I'll tell you two. One, one particular instance was when my counselor asked me, what do you think Jesus would say to little Jeff? Mm. And it just, instantly took me back to that position of, you know what, this is not what Jesus had planned for me. He was there with me, but this is not what he had planned for me um, as far as the abuse was concerned. The second most healing part in my entire journey, and I know this may sound a little crazy and a little like, really, was when I started Celebrate Recovery, we have a a meal time, an hour before our group, and then we have dessert time. Mm -hmm. And one of the most healing times in my entire life, outside of counseling and accountability partners and all of that, was having dinner with people who 
knew they were lost like me, who wanted to be found like me, who wanted to be healthy, but we had no healthy relationships. And so when we came together and, and sat down at dinner for Celebrate Recovery, we all were sitting down at a round table. We all were sitting down talking about our, our weeks, our goods, our bads, our ups, our downs. And you know that's something that I didn't really get to share growing up a lot was a sit down meal all the time with my family and have a healthy conversation. Yeah, and so that was one of the things that was the most healing for me. And I, I still have to purposefully, um, you know, outside of celebrate recovery now that I lead is make intentional quote unquote dates with friends so that I can have healthy conversation and be intentional on knowing what it's like to continue to, and I, and I, I know it sounds crazy, but one of my biggest things was dinner time was having a good dinner with good conversation, which is something that was not what I had, but was a trigger for me. So those were come two of the biggest healing times in my life. And um, that's pretty much a synopsis of where I've come from and where I am now as to counseling those and leading a celebrate recovery now, um, giving back and giving me what the Lord has just wonderfully given a hundredfold to me. That's awesome. Jeff. Um, so for you in the midst of when you were in those seasons where you were pursuing and you're right. You were quite successful um, as an artist. Um, you know, if you, you Google your name, your, 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 your YouTube videos and those things pop up, you were in the world's eyes. Everything seemed to be there. How, right. What, what, how did you find that, that clarity? You know, this pot, we, this podcast, we're trying to take life that's uh, the ambiguity and move towards clarity. What was there a sentinel moment where you had some clarity? Was there a, a, an event or, or was it a progressive thing over time? Well, I think Aaron, um, you know, being raised in the church, I had that, that fundamental right from wrong. Yeah. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it, but I really, really, really repressed it because it didn't do me well growing up. I thought yeah. so. But, but instilled in there, and I, I, I thank God for this, instilled in there was that, you know, base of truth. Yeah. Um, so along the way, I would have moments of clarity where I'd be like, okay, Jeff, what in the world are you doing? You know, this is not good. Um, or just with the education I had, knowing that if I did this, well, the next time this simply wasn't going to make me happy. It was going to have to be more. Yeah. And so... You know, I, I cognitively knew some of these things, but I definitely cognitively and consciously said, let me set that aside for my own pleasure. Yeah. And um, so there were, there were a handful of times and instances that came up that I was like, oh, this is, this is scary. This is scary. Um, you know, one just right off the top of my head early, early on after I um, started into um, heavily into um, drugs and the, the seedy scene, as I like to call it, of my life, yeah. is um, I saw one of, uh, a friend of mine just get shot um, right out of his basement, come up, and, and he was um, just, he was a dealer, but he was a friend, and, and that was sobering, but, and I remember running, and I, I remember going to the the subway, getting on the phone with my mom, saying, "Hey, meet me here." She came and met me. Um, she didn't have a clue why. I didn't tell her why. You're you're until years later. Um, but again, you know, it 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 was a realization. Yeah. But I did nothing, and I went back to it because I knew, okay, well, if nothing else, <laughs> I I would be accepted, yeah. no? and that's what I was always looking for, and. Eventually, down the line, um, when there was a catastrophe that really, truly hit me in the eyes, I stepped back and said, okay, God, you know, if you love me, and, uh, you know, we, we put that fleece out many times, yeah. <laughs> but this one, I was, on, I was, you know, on my face, on the ground every night praying, and I said, 
okay, God, if you love me, show me, show me, show me that you're real. Show me that you're here. Show me that you'll take care of me. And um, through a series of events that I was looking at, um, God provided in and out for me. And um, that's when I knew, you know what, I can rely on he loves me no matter what. And that was the one clarification. That's when I turned my life around and went back to church and started celebrating recovery. Yeah. That's good. That's good, Jeff. You know, a, a lot of our audience are they're people that have moved overseas or they, they've traveled, they've moved around. And as you shared, they, they think some things have went on in their childhood. Um, some of them have maybe struggled with a certain challenge. Maybe that is um, uh, looking at porn or maybe that is um, same-sex attraction or a different a temptation. We all, you know, each of us has a a different temptation. And, and I think at times people think when I move overseas or I move out of a different environment, I'm going to get a fresh start. It's going to get better and things will be good once I get there. And what we see happen frequently is, is leaders and team members is, is when someone arrives in a place, a different place, uh, maybe it's on the continent of Africa, or maybe it's, it's somewhere else. Those things that have been repressed or, or pushed down all of a sudden, not only are small, they actually, it's almost like putting gas on a fire in the sense that it gets, it grows larger and grows faster. And then they don't have Mm -hmm. support systems there then to help them in that process because they're in a place that's totally unfamiliar to them. What wisdom or insight um, from your experience in the past would you have for someone uh, maybe that's in a similar situation like that, that they've, they've moved and they've carried a problem or a challenge or a struggle or a hurt and they've carried that with them and then now it's 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 getting out of control and they don't know what to do with it well it's so it's so true and accurate what you're saying is many times even in my own past if i could go back for a second i remember when i was in college going to graduate school i thought okay well i'm going to leave this city and i'm going to this city and I'm going a thousand miles away so I can make a fresh start. Yeah. And, um, you know, as I was going on in my education, of course, it intensified. And so so did everything else. And just like you said, when, when people come over, I, they think, okay, I'm good. This is going to go away. This is going to subside. Well, your intensity grows. And somehow, some way, that monster sus- intensifies as well yeah um and i say to my counselees all the time you know you know you could live here in this city or you could move to los angeles but the same thing's going to go with you until you take care of it here um and i think we all know that consciously when we if i was deaf back then and i knew i was um let's say I was going to the mission field now and I was going overseas, I would definitely put things into place and put people into my life immediately, both here and there, making connections, setting up support networks, setting up um, accountability, um, people in my life, um, making relationships that I know that I can count on at any moment, um, but definitely making those relationships and accountability and, and putting a plan together, knowing that if this were to come about, that I have a fallback, I know where I can go, I have a, an errand in place, or I have my sponsor in place, even back here. But um, I, I think the most important thing to do is definitely make a Kind of a, you know, I know it sounds kind of very psychotherapeutic-ish, but almost like a treatment plan for yourself to take care of yourself. Like, you know, what is it that I'm going to do to take care of myself when I get there? Um, I'm, I can't rely on my family. I'm not going to be able to rely on everyone all the time. But so what am I going to do in that instance when I don't have um, someone immediately available all the time? Um So really, truly creating something of a treatment plan for yourself, knowing this could possibly happen or being aware of 
you know, what are some of the things in your life or what are some of the triggers that can pop up? I, you know, come up and they sneak up and, and bite you from behind and you go, where in that, where in the world that come from? I, I thought that was, you know, put to past. Um, and all of a sudden it, it pops its ugly head. Um, so knowing that you have something, a plan of action, um, <laughs> sometimes I tell, I, I tell my clients, you know, right on a three by five card, um, some of, you know, let's say our plan, what we're talking about today, yeah. um, and put it in your back pocket for a while. And when some of those things start coming up and, and biting you, um, sneaking up on you, you know, you pull it out, you pull, you know, the scripture verses out that give you new names and what Jesus calls you and not what the world calls you or not what you have been called, but you pull out that three by five card and, you know, you claim victory over what it is that you have that's facing you right at this moment. But you had more clarity when you were writing that three by five card, but you carry that with you as security. You carry that with you as reassurance and as something that will um, reignite that negative thought in your mind and turning it into a positive. So having game, uh, game plans in action all the time and looking forward and not backward as far as what it is, is preventative measures. That's good. That's good, Jeff. We I appreciate your wisdom and your insight. And um, that is, uh, that's what we love to hear. I love to hear practical things that we can do, um, something we can put into action and put into place um, where we're at and in our situations we're at. And uh, I do appreciate that. Jeff, yeah. as we move on, um, you know, one area that um, I have done a poor job in the past and um, and one area I want to grow to in is sometimes I've reacted and not responded really well when someone has been struggling with um, same sex attraction or gender identity. It's something I my ignorance is no excuse. Uh, my understanding is lack of understanding is no excuse. What wisdom and insight would you give um, for uh, someone like me? <laughs> that wants to understand, that wants to respond in a Christ-like, compassionate way, but really doesn't know what to say, and maybe might even feel a little uncomfortable because they do not know what to say. Yeah. Um, well, you know what, Aaron? Thanks for your honesty, because a lot of people just don't even admit that. They just would like to rub over it and, and go, no, well, let me try to learn somehow, some way. Yeah. <laughs> let me not ask, but let me try right. to learn somehow, some way. Um, you know, first of all, we all need, we all know 101. We just, we need loved. We yeah. need loved. Um, so many times in, in, in counseling, I just see clients come through saying, you know, I wish I could just go into a church and feel loved right away. Right. Um, and we say we the Christian community and those of those of us who are wanting to be mentors or Christ-like and and showing that we care no matter where you are is just all wrapped up in one thing and that's acceptance. Now in saying acceptance we accept that sinner but not the sin. Mm -hmm. We can say to that person, I love you no matter where you are. And those words carry so far. Um, we, and I think at first what we need to do is allow that person, allow that person struggling to say, it's okay. Um, you know, it's okay that you struggle. I struggle you struggle this person we all have a that's why we have celebrate recovery that's all we have that's why i have a, a covenant counseling ministry because we all struggle what we so sometimes don't want to do is fight against that or what we want to do is fight against that and not allow people to come in and so i think as you are mentioning saying you know well my ignorance, how can I get over that? Or what can I do? Um, is I would say to you and someone that's asking like you is say, it's okay that you're struggling. 
And for me, as Jeff, who is struggling, I like to know that it's okay. Um, I, I want to be aware that it's okay. Um, as long as I don't get stuck there. Mm. I think that's the biggest thing. Um, and I know so many times as I've walked through my Christian life, it's, it's been a battle zone in the church for me, which is, you know, people either reject me because of this or they um, over, um, overzealous about changing me, changing me, changing me. When really all I wanted was just to be loved on, period. And, you know, when I, you know, I got all my tattoos, my earrings and this and that and this and that. And maybe at some level it was, I was trying to shove away, but to that degree, I just wanted to be loved on more. And it was my, my outcry. So I would say for a couple of things and, if this is all making sense and if it doesn't No it is. It's good stuff, have, Jeff. It's good stuff. Is um you know you as the person looking at that struggler know already that person struggles. Allow them to struggle. Allow Christ to be shown through you because you aren't going to make any choices for them. Hmm, They're the only good. ones that can make a choice. It's good. But if they know that they, they, they can come to you and no matter what they say, see, hear, you're going to love on them anyway. And then you're going to love on, love on them even more and stronger. Oh, my gosh. What? Oh, I craved. I craved that. I even, I'm, as I'm even thinking about it now, I go back going, oh, I, I remember in this situation, I really wish somebody would have just given me a hug period you know um and in again celebrate recovery the the um the um recovery group that i lead we we say come as you are um no one's turned away and you know you come in and you have your struggles and you speak them and then we like i said earlier we go back out and have dessert and then we're fine again yeah. and it's such a it's a it's a, such a great place to have a family. And that's where I think it's the acceptance part. Now, again, it's the acceptance of the sinner, not the sin, but them allowing you to know, I understand that you're going to struggle. It's okay that you struggle, but let me be here for you. I am here for you. Um, and that whatever I can do, Jesus loves you. I love you and will never turn you away, period, end of statement. Yeah. A lot of times I think that as those of us who do struggle, we really, 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 and I know for me this is what I did, was I would try to do anything to push you away. Mm. So you know, I'll just say, like, if Aaron was trying to love on Jeff and I was struggling, and I'm even saying this to you now, like, you know, um, and – I'm saying to you, you knew I was struggling yeah. and I tried to do something to push you away. You knew, be aware that I could possibly do that, but just love on me more. Yeah. And that's, that was my cry. That was my cry. And I think as we go through life's journeys and we see people and we come into people, people will do things to hurt us um, as Christians, as we look out to help those. But it's really, a, it's a cry for like, okay, will you love me anyways? Yeah. And um, I think that they need to know that period. Yeah, that's good, Jeff. What, what are some things, Jeff, that, you know, well-meaning people um, and well-meaning Christians uh, maybe said to you, and, and they, were, they had good intentions and may, good intentions, good ideas, but it, it almost would make you cringe. Uh, or not cringe, but this, it didn't. No, you're to, right. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, I, I read um, uh, Gay Girl, Good God. I don't know if you read her book, but it was, it's it's an excellent book. And she talks about, she said, I, when I would go to the church, everyone and my family, they just wanted me to marry a man. And they kept saying, if you just marry a man, everything will be okay. 
And she said, and that was everybody's solution to my problem was just marry a man, just marry a man, just marry a man. And she said, I had a lot, there was a lot more. And she said, you know, she talks about how she would push back because everyone was trying to fix her and they just want, she just wanted someone to love her, which is what you've expressed. Are there certain things that, that you, that you ran into when you just would almost make you want to cringe or so that we don't repeat those things? I guess that's, that's what I'm trying to get at. Well, you know, um, I guess one of those was that. Yes, absolutely. I can fall in her shoes for sure. <laughs> Let's just get married, just get married, just get married. Right. But then, you know, I, I've walked along this road long enough to, to look and go, well, I've seen that happen and it didn't work for them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, um, um, at least I was wise enough for that. But, um, there was a, there's been a few things that some people have come across as very, um, dogmatic as that is, is that all you have to do is this this and this and that's all you need to do and it, it was very biblically based and it was out of a heart of love um but it was those you know just you know you do this you do that you go to church every sunday and there are things that are practical that are absolutely truthful that you need to do you need to be with the body of christ but you know it's like you were just saying with that girl if you just do this that's, that's all that that's all that you'll need that it'll take care of that people were very well intending and writing letters i remember people writing letters to me and um they would always say and start off with you know i mean this in love and so immediately i knew what was coming yeah (laughs) you know yeah and um and it was almost like right after that first you know i mean this in love well i'm just I just might as well just throw this away because yeah. everything after this, yeah. you know, um, why, why not just write me and say how much you love and care for me and whatever right. you're doing out there. I don't know what you're doing, but you know right. what? Love you. I hope you, I can't wait to see you or, right. you know, it was, it was the acceptance that I was looking for. Yeah. And a lot of people wanted to really think about, you know, I guess what I say is how, how can you be Jesus? to other people what would you know we hear that old wwjd but really what would jesus do to that prostitute on the street what did he do yeah um and i wanted the same thing i I wanted i wanted jesus in my life um so those old practical things that people would just do sometimes that would just cringe would would now you have to remember for those of us who were you know, going against the word, um, yeah. the last thing we really sometimes wanted to hear was a scripture verse. Right, right. <laughs> you know, and right. and yet we did need to hear a scripture verse, and um, and it's an appropriate place, and that's the fine tune part of okay, God, how do I minister to people like this, and how do I minister to people who are hurting, who have same-sex attraction, gender identity, confusion. How do I minister? And I think that we need to first ask God, what do you want me to do? Where is it that I fit into these people's lives? If we see someone and our heart is drawn to them and we, are, we have red flags of, okay, I, I'm in tune to this person, like something's going on and I, I need to be there. I need to be a Jesus to them. We need to start praying, what can I do and what do I need to do to show person, show this person Jesus? Um, Jeff in himself can't show my counselor uh, or my client Jesus without me praying beforehand. Yeah. I can't do that. I don't know how to show them that. It may be that in that hour, I need a scripture. It yeah. may be in that hour, I just need to shut up and listen. Yeah. Um, so I don't think that there were, I think there were definitely things along the way that made me cringe, um, but I think that they were done out of love, but I don't think they were done from a place that what Jeff needed at that time or what maybe that, that girl needed at that time. Yeah. I mean, we just really need to be fine-tuned into what Jesus wants from us to give to that person yeah. at any given time that we come across them. Yeah. 
if Jeff, if somebody feels that some, we'll say not somebody, we'll say me, say I, I it's hard for me. Maybe I, I don't feel comfortable in the conversation. Um, I don't know. Is it better for them not to have a conversation with somebody or, or what, what advice would you give? Say someone this, they say, Hey, this Aaron says it, it makes me uncomfortable. I don't know how to, I want to love on this person, but I just don't know how to have a, a conversation. Should I not have a conversation with them, with somebody, whether that, whatever their temptation is, that's what I'm asking. It doesn't have to be. You specific. know what? You know what? I love, I love that you asked that. Um, because we, I say we, we who are in that, a lost place like that, and I take myself back, um, we automatically assume you're not comfortable. Mm. And we almost sometimes at that time in my life could take pride that you don't understand what I'm going through. So okay. I already can tell you, well, Aaron doesn't know what I'm talking about. and. Yeah. You know, you say, you know, well, and I may not be comfortable with it. One thing that I would just suggest and encourage is for if you say that to me about, I don't know, let's say same sex attraction right now. Well, then, Aaron, tell that person, teach me what it is that you're struggling with. I don't understand. I'm not comfortable with it but I'm willing to learn. I'm willing to know. Now, if you're not, don't lie. <laughs> right. For sure. For but, sure. But if you are, and you're interested in that person's life and you think, you know what, this is the time for me to step up to the plate and, and go, all right, let me be Jesus to this person. Tell me, what are you struggling with? How can I help? You know, educate me because I don't know. And yeah. I can tell you I'm uncomfortable, but I'm willing to get out of my comfort zone yeah. to help you along this uh, journey. Um, so I think it's important for you, just like you said, um, be honest. If you want to be educated, if you want to be in that place of, you know, I'm okay with this. I don't know how to be right now. Right. Ask that person, teach me, guide me along. I don't know, but I know Jesus. Yeah. And I know I can show you him and guide you him. Yeah. You need to help me too as well. Yeah. And it, it takes both. It's not just, you know, it's just not Aaron's responsibility and it's just not that other person's responsibility. It's a combination. We're a body of Christ. It's not just one or the other. Yeah, that's good. That's good, you know? Jeff. So tell Jeff, you've talked to, you've alluded and we've talked, you've talked a little bit about celebrate recovery. Tell us a little about, um, about your work, a little more about Celebrate Recovery. And then you, you mentioned three things. I forget, hurts, habits, and maybe it's hang-ups. Hang there you go. Yeah. Could you just yeah. tell us a little bit about Celebrate Recovery? And um, yeah, just talk about it, because that seems to be a passion of yours. And um, I'd, I'd, like, I'd like to learn some more about it. Yeah. Um, Celebrate Recovery is a um, Christ-centered recovery group. Um, it is not only for addicts um only about a third of attendees go there for addictions the other two-thirds is for um family issues anger codependency there's many emotional levels um concern there's pornography um so it's not just drug and alcohol and um it's a 12-step uh christ-centered recovery group it's based on the eight principles um, the Beatitudes uh, found in Matthew. And what it does is it shows us, number one, that Jesus Christ is our higher power, period, in the statement, and that we don't have any control over our desires and our tendencies, but we do have a choice in what we do with them. And Celebrate Recovery sets up a, a, a beautiful system of having what I said, forever family, um, that you come in and you have an hour of dinner, you have an hour of a worship, large group, testimonies, lessons, and then you break out into small groups, um, gender specific, and you break out and you share into your small groups about your your hurts, your habits, your hangups, and, and the successes that you've had, the victories that you've uh, incurred, um, and your struggles. And 
each week you have that um, accountability and that teaching environment and that place where you can get comfortable and be sociable um, in a healthy environment that, like I said, becomes a family that you come to know and enjoy on a weekly basis. So forever for Celebrate Recovery was a really crucial, crucial, crucial part of my healing process. Again, going back to what I was saying before is making friendships and accountability partners and um, you know, family connections with other families that are there where, you know, I'm single, I'm not married, I've never had kids. And but now I have friendships with other guys who have families who have kids and and we get to share you know some wonderful holidays and times together but i would have never had that if it wasn't for celebrate recovery setting me up to show me what healthy relationships were and um celebrate recovery is a very very um um dna regulated um program in other words it doesn't change. It is what it is. You work that system. You work the program in that 12 steps. And then they have um, a step study guide, which is an in-depth 12-step um, study um, going through each of the steps and your journey um, from the very, very, very beginning up until now. And it just it's, it's about a year and a half long step study outside of Celebrate Recovery, but it is Celebrate Recovery DNA. So it was really crucial. I hope that no, gives it's you good. a synopsis of no, it. It's, Celebrate no, it's Recovery good. to me is so much I could go on and on. No. But it was such a, a crucial part for me. No, and, I, and it, I, when, you, when you talk about Celebrate Recovery, Jeff, you can hear the, the, the passion you have for it. And um, yeah, it's just something that it's, you, you can hear the joy in your voice when you talk about it. How does how Celebrate Recovery, you know, the, our world sometimes seems, seems to be in a very chaotic all around us. How does um, Celebrate Recovery help, give, help you maintain perspective in your life and in your mission? Um, and how does it help you with, with clarity? Um, celebrate recovery because I'm there on a weekly basis and I make it a pride. Well, I'm a, I'm a leader, but I just go back to the days when I first started celebrate recovery. I made it a priority in my life, um, to be there for understanding my own disease, um, for understanding my own, my own hurts and, you know, my habits and hangups. Um, I needed educated on why I was doing those things over and over and over. What I also needed to learn was from other people, how they obtained victory over theirs weekly, yeah. <laughs> yearly. And how that, you know, once I started to address this issue, that there may be other issues to pop up and that I would have other people right by my side. Yeah. So on a weekly basis, it gave me, like you said, that clarity moment every single Monday to know I am not alone. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the biggest thing that anybody either in recovery or in addiction or um, any kind of life situation is that we're not alone in this. Um, we don't have to be alone in many several several levels of this which is relationally we do not have to be alone we don't walk this journey alone um celebrate recovery was is that for me every monday still i'm not alone in this um number two is that i don't have to be alone it's my choice to alienate myself or it's my choice to give in and give up and say okay here i am and then the other one is to be um learning on a weekly basis um, from not only the teachings, but also to keep me grounded um, in reading that serenity prayer every week. And, you know, I do it on a daily basis when I read my, when my read my celebrate recovery uh, study Bible and I sell, say the serenity prayer. And there's a couple things in there. If you don't mind me real quick on the no. serenity prayer that I love. Yeah. No, it's good. There's um there's a couple passages. It's we usually know the serenity prayer in the very beginning of God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. 
But then there's the the uh, extended version or the, the the true version, and it goes on to say to um, accept hardship as a pathway to peace, um, mm. taking as Jesus did this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that you'll make all things right if I surrender to your will so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. And the one thing that I remember, and I'm going to joke here a little bit and come back to it, is when I heard reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next, I was like, no, 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 no. I want to be supremely happy now. You know, That's right. That's and true. That's that, that's that addict or that, you know, um, impatient talent like right. mentality of, no, I want what I want now. I want what I want now. And that's what Jesus says is, you know, be, be reasonably happy now so that you can just truly, truly, truly be enthralled when you see me and be yeah. with me. Um, and then the other one was, you know, hardship as a pathway to peace. Hmm. That's, not something that sounds very enjoyable is it no it doesn't <laughs> you know? um i don't want hardship as a pathway to peace i i just would like to go straight to peace yeah um but jesus didn't experience that he didn't have that luxury and neither neither do we yeah. um but we can go to him who knows what it's like to yeah. be in that place so that grounds me every single monday as a group as a family and every single day when I read it um, out of the Bible. Yeah, it's good. Jeff, when I, when I see, when I think of you, I think of someone of great courage um, and someone of great strength um, to see, to share, as you share your testimony and um, to see your, your involvement and investment in other people's lives. Now, um, using what it, what's your, your life story to help others, where do you find that? strength where do you find that courage um that, that you have and you exude where do you find that courage to go through those rough places because some maybe somebody's listening they're saying you know what i don't even want to go there i don't even want to start because you said you know wait if i uncover this and i'm going to uncover something else and i'm uncover what if somebody says i don't want that how have you found that courage um to walk in the hard places to get to the place of of peace well, um, I don't want to sound very trite, but no. you know, it's that it's that one day at a time thing. No, it's because good. because you know, honestly, sometimes Aaron, I don't feel like I have any courage at all. Um, now there are days when I feel like I am making a change, and I feel it. Yay! Yeah, you know, we can't walk by our feelings. That's for sure. Because right. tomorrow I might go into work and go. I don't want to, I, I can't do this. I, I can't make somebody else change. Yeah. Or, you know what? I, this thing again, bites me in the butt and I'm, yeah. I, I'm back in my mind going, what, what? Yeah. And um, so I sometimes am not courageous. <laughs> right. A lot of days I'm not courageous, but every morning when I, when I sit down my Bible and I start reading and then I shut that and then I pray, that's where I have to gain courage. And I know that sounds so trite and that sounds so, you know, what we need to hear, but most of the time I'm not courageous. Um, I, I got to go on and say, this is what God's called me to do. And not only in my own ministry, not in my own counseling, but in my own healing, I'm not finished. Yeah. I still have a ways to go. And I'm not going to get there until I see Jesus' face. And I can't wait till that day. Right. <laughs> just thinking about it makes me just want to jump for joy. But I can't wait till that day. But until then, I've got a lot of work to do. Um, yeah. There's a lot of lives that are broken. Um, and I want mine to be completely healed so that I can completely heal um through my own brokenness and um so one day at a time is the only way that i can take that step of courage is the only way i can take that step of knowing you know what if i face this trial tomorrow i'm okay yeah. i'm okay yeah. um and then taking it tomorrow and if i get there and i'm successful which i plan to be and i'm successful 
then I've got that next day of victory. Yeah. And I just continue to go on and on and on. And years into recovery out, now here I am, and I still take it literally one day at a time. And sometimes I, I take it hour by hour because that's, that's just how it has to come. No, um, yeah, we don't want to face the ugly things, Aaron. We don't. I don't. I never, ever, ever, ever did. I didn't think I would even be in this place. I didn't know where I'd be here, yeah. but I didn't think I'd be in this place. But there's still those things that you have to face every single day. But you found the courage, Jeff. You found the courage to 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 address those, to come out, to share, um, you know, your hurts in the past, and you found that. And um, just a word of affirmation. Um, I I, uh, I appreciate your courage. I appreciate your humbleness. Also, to say it's a it's a daily, um, you know, it's something you do daily. But when I look at your story and as a friend and see that um, I think of you some somebody of strength and courage who's walked through a lot and at mm. the same time has chosen not just to, to sit and um, be self-focused, but saying, you know, I want to use my story to help others grow and um, in some way can I help others. And to me, as a friend, I see that as someone of great courage and um, uh, I, appreciate, I, I appreciate you. Hey, Jeff, would you, we normally end the podcast by praying for the audience. Would you just take a few minutes and, um, or, and just pray for the audience? Maybe there's somebody that when you talked about um, your, your hurts in, in your childhood that resonated with them. Maybe there's somebody that we talked about different addictions, different things that resonated with them. Maybe there's somebody that's, that had, they're realizing that they, they need courage to maybe address some things that they, they've, they've repressed and held in. Would you just pray for the audience? Um, whatever, whatever way that, whatever way the Holy Spirit guides you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Aaron. Father, I just come to you now and I, I thank you number one for my life and for the ability to come and share it with not only Aaron, but the audience here. God, I just pray that you will touch everything that I have said. And if, if it needs to be heard by someone in particular, then that needs to be heard. But God, I just pray that you will use my tongue, that you will use my life, that you will use this podcast that Aaron has started that to create healing in people, to keep create healing in families and in children's and um, adults and and ministries as as we push through there. God, I just pray that you will give the listeners ears to hear what you want them to hear, that you will give them the eyes to see in others um, the healing that can take place. Lord, I also pray that you will give us all wisdom and knowledge and to know what to do with what circumstance. God, just create in us a, a clean heart, and a heart after yours, a one ones that wants to see people healed, a, a desire for that, a desire for not only our own healings, but God, we can't just keep it and to ourselves, but that we go out and you know not only share the good news, but God, that we are the good news. Like here we are, Jesus. We we've come through this victoriously. We have a ways to go, but here we are. And God, let us just have a a protection and a peace about us as we walk through all of this, as we hear stories of other people's um, pasts and their testimonies and, and their goals and their futures. God, let us be ones to walk alongside of them, hold them up in the moments where they think that they have no courage. Um, when the moments when they do feel victorious, that we're there holding their hands up high. Um, God, also along this way, just give us peace, peace that passes all understanding. There's so many times of tribulation that can come in our lives. And I just pray that amongst all of this with myself, Aaron, his family, the listeners, the missionaries that are out there doing the work every single day, that you will just give us a peace that surpasses all understanding in everything that we do. And God, I just ultimately thank you for all that you've done in my life. I thank you for what you're going to do and not only in my life, but in the listener's lives and Aaron's and his family's life, but Lord, what you're going to ultimately do with your kingdom of people. And we just thank you for all that you've already done for us on the cross. And we thank you for 
uh, what you're going to do. We love you. We praise you. And I can't wait to see you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.